Welcome to It Starts Within, a podcast from Platinum Performance, where we'll dive into the health challenges faced by veterinarians and horse owners alike. Join us for inspiring stories about the latest advancements in equine care, treatments, and comebacks. You'll hear interviews with elite competitors, innovative researchers, and the veterinarians that devote their lives to horses and the humans that love them. At Platinum Performance, we know the power of nutrition starts within. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us on the It Starts Within podcast. I am Jessie Bengoa from Platinum Performance, and today we have we have a really special treat for our listeners today. And in honor of Veterans Day, we thought there was there was really nothing more appropriate than to to showcase and to honor a program that we have had the great fortune of um, of experiencing and and becoming close to, and that is a program called War Horses for Veterans. Um, and we have today with us its its founder, Patrick Benson. Patrick is a combat veteran himself. Um, and he's really taken the lead in forming this incredibly special program that has touched the lives of numerous veterans throughout the country and has also started to transition into uh, really helping out first responders because a lot of those first responders are in fact veterans themselves um, and have an incredibly trying, stressful job on a daily basis. Uh, and, and the program is really grown and transitioned uh, in a lot of ways. Um, And they do things differently. And I'm going to let Patrick explain to you how the program is different, how they use horses to impact the lives of these veterans and first responders, and really the unique way that horses are able to connect. So Patrick, I want to welcome you and thank you. Patrick is a close friend of Platinum um, and a very special person, and I'm very happy to be here with him today. So Patrick, thanks for joining us. And I want to to ask you something real quick, uh, which would be a little bit about you because you have an amazing background um, as a combat veteran yourself. And I want to turn it over to you to share a little bit about that background and how it really brought to the forefront of your mind a need for a program like this, um, your experience in the military and so on. So introduce yourself, Patrick, and share a little bit with us. Well, first off, Jesse, uh, I really appreciate you having me on. And, you know, as anything, I'm a huge fan of Platinum and definitely uh, hold you guys near and dear to the heart. So this is such an honor and so happy to be here doing this with you. So, and especially you being the one doing it. So this is, this will be fun. So I'm happy and uh, tell the story and the journey, uh, what, what, what we've done and where we've been with this. A lot of it, you know, it came from my own experience, obviously, from I joined the Army in 1998. <clears throat> I went into the infantry. And then soon after that, I was in, the, in 1999, I was in the Kosovo campaigns. And then obviously 9-11 happened. And then I was, we went in 2003 into Iraq and spent most of our time in Fallujah and Ramadi all year. So very active year had unique experiences and you know you have the challenges of war and combat but you you build a bond and a brotherhood and a tightness with you know your people and your brothers on the right and left of you and so with that you know you're in engagements and you're doing different things and you're you're uh you know start trying to stay alive and complete your missions and keep you guys alive and then the next thing you know you're plucked out of it and becoming a civilian and so the horse thing kind of came about. I've always enjoyed them. I never did them formally, which, you know, I always say it would have been smart because that's where all the girls were, but uh, I wasn't that smart then. So I was more into motorcycles, wrestling, rugby, all that stuff and doing stuff like that. But the biggest thing, you know, moving forward, I, I in Colorado Springs, we used to go and help out on ranches and stuff and do things like that. And I, 
just really saw a passion and really enjoyed it <clears throat> with being on the horses again. And I wrote actually John Lyons a letter when I was after an engagement in Fallujah. And I gave it, sent it to my mother and my mother sent it to him. And he said, you know, keep your head down. I'll have a spot for you when you come back. And so I left the military in, in early part of 04. And I, I honestly, I pushed everything deep down inside. I didn't address anything. I just, <clears throat> I wanted to push it away behind. And it probably wasn't the best idea, but that's a very common thing for a lot of us because my transition was very abrupt. I went straight into the horse industry and, you know, the, I, I didn't realize it until a lot later that horses were uh, probably the big saving grace in my life. And I met other military and honestly heroes uh, from Medal of Honor recipients to special forces in Vietnam and other commanders that were avid horsemen. And they flat out told me horses horses saved their life and I started kind of putting two and two together and I was like okay this is making sense and I was at a, I taught a big clinic in North Carolina and I, I'll, I always tell the story because it was the first time I really kind of talked about anything and I got done doing I would do a problem horse clinic after a three-day clinic and I would take you know I didn't say problem horse but you know challenge horses and I take man I liked it because it kind of gave me an adrenaline rush but I got decent at kind of calming them down and I remember this gentleman came up to me and he says, uh, you know, you do a great, you do a great job fixing those horses. You don't realize they're fixing you. And I kind of look at him weird and he goes, you're a vet. And I said, so are you. And then uh, him and I talked and that was the first time I ever really discussed about anything. And that's when I kind of figured out what I was doing for a living was having a significant impact on my transition. I just was very, uh, image. Well, I was un unaware and, and not vulnerable enough to see it. I think that would be the word to use. Well, and I think you're, you know, you're kind of referencing PTSD <clears throat> or post-traumatic stress. And back then, you know, there probably wasn't as good of an understanding as there is now of it. And I think a lot no. of, soldiers, you know, learning from you, I've, I've learned that a lot of, a lot of soldiers and men and women in uniform, whether they're still active duty or they've transitioned out of the military, they have a tough time recognizing those symptoms and also coming to the realization where they think there's something wrong with them. Right that's not the case. And, you know, it's a, it's a normal thing, but it's something that doesn't have to be their new normal. And it's programs like yours that help them figure that out and move on and, you know, create a, a life with purpose again. And, you know, I think one thing that I remember you saying about your transition out of the military was, you said, I was literally in engagement one day. And then a few weeks later, I left my brothers and became a civilian. And it was just like that. I mean, you go from this fight or flight mentality of trying to stay alive to coming home and yeah. to Walmart the next day. And it's this complete alternate reality where all of us think it's normal life and for soldiers transitioning out of the military, it's completely foreign. And I remember you telling me, you said war is much easier than civilian life. And it blew my mind. I was like, what are you talking about? Are you oh, yeah. kidding me? And when you explain that to, to our listeners a little bit and tell them, you know, about that regimented life, because once you told me, <clears throat> you know, your expectations are clear, the next steps are clear, the chain of command is clear, and then all of a sudden when you transition out, none of that is there anymore and you're left to fend for yourself. Yeah, it's simple. I mean, you think about it. Um, <clears throat> you know, obviously you train for experiences like that and, and granted some, you know, others go through, you know, other situations. Everyone's story is different in their own right, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's very black and white. 
I mean, you, you have your mission, you have the, the people you're serving with, you complete the mission, you, your goal is obviously to keep everyone alive and then get back. Everything's done for you. Everything's, everything is done for you. You check this box or you do this and this will get you from A to B, from B to C and it's pretty straightforward. <clears throat> you get out, you have to create your whole entire environment. You have to do it at all. And that's why I always say is like, you never breach an obstacle by yourself. You never go into a location by yourself. You always stack with your team, even if it's, you know, sketchy. You still, because why would you do that alone? The likelihood of you surviving going alone is it's not good. So why would you tr go into life the same way? But we were not taught that. We're not taught to network. We're not taught to ask for help. We're not taught to deal with and show emotions and stuff. A lot of us aren't. And so, to and then, hey, let's just throw this on top of it. Happen to be in a relationship and try to be emotionally available for your spouse or your whatever uh, you know relationship who you're with and try to throw that in the mix and i mean you don't have to be in combat or have anything that no that's a, that's a challenge in itself even though it's one it can be one of the greatest things for you but same time that's a that's a really really hard 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 thing it was for me i mean i'm still learning and i probably i hope in the next 20 years i can figure it out a little bit better and, and my wife mindy i i hope she's she's an awesome woman and patient but you know she always <laughs> says i'm a, like a uh a broken uh a, a bentley in pieces but it's it's being put together uh, <laughs> god bless her heart mindy, mindy's been painted but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it, it is it's a challenge and you know the thing about it is is uh i i look i reflected back on the horses and i remember working with a guy as a friend of mine and we we're working and he told me and i didn't really think about it and i didn't know what pts was and all that stuff i i just you know things came back and i was getting triggered and all that all the things i know now um i had no idea what they were uh never really talked about it i was pretty kept to myself i was pretty quiet and just work just work hard and just try to not be in my head um one of the things that's difficult for us to do is be present uh be present in the moment um be in our heads being in our head is a very scary thing we don't want to be in our thoughts we, we, that's why you always see a lot of us you know they'll stay really busy at the same time it can get to where it does that it can paralyze you because of the anxiety and then anxiety leads to depression and all these other things you get hyper vigilance so you never come down and when you do come down it's such a drastic drop the wonderful thing about a horse, <clears throat> just one of many, many things, is it's a very intense focus area. And then you're getting this, you're learning to feel again. You're learning to actually have to show emotion. And like I, I was working with some, some vets this morning and some of them work from a special operations background. I said, if you really want to get good at horsemanship, you need to know how to breathe. If you don't know how to breathe, you won't know how to control your emotions and control your body and control your thoughts. I said, and that's something that everyone tells you to do anyway. I said, but the beauty the reality of it is, is when you work a horse, you are controlling a thousand pound animal with your breath. Is that that means you're controlling your, you're, you're controlling you. And so uh, when that horse mirrors that or feels that or senses that and they, they see you as not as a threat, as an, uh, a safe place, you've opened yourself up. You've allowed yourself to be vulnerable. So then now you've learned to feel. You've learned to show a vulnerability, which is a very scary thing to do for a lot of and veterans. And it's something um, that you, you made me learn this. I didn't realize this at all. And it made perfect sense coming from you is... I loved how you described how you're essentially reprogrammed in the military and that's for survival and you're, you're reprogrammed for that necessary detachment to do the missions that you're doing to face the threat of death, you know, on sometimes on a daily basis, uh, sometimes, sometimes less frequently, but it's there. 
Um, and you're reprogrammed to deal with it in a certain way where you almost are, um, you know, mentally taking a step back with it from it so you can do your job. And then when you get back home, you're all of a sudden expected to be a normal feeling human being again. And those abilities have been slightly reprogrammed. Is that the right, right way to describe it? And is that kind of something that you guys are doing? Yeah, I mean, with what we're doing here, or I mean, you evolve everything. You learn from it. You know, we I based it off of horsemanship, and at the end of the day, if you really teach, think about it. Um, everyone's there. I don't use the word therapy, but it is I, obviously. I mean, we have our own versions of therapy. You know, I'm gonna <clears throat> do a, a a video soon. What I think equine therapy is, and it's gonna be a variety of things. You're probably gonna see me hauling, doing cross country on a horse. You're gonna probably see me do different things on them, but. I, I, some days I just need to be sitting on there and, and just be grateful and feeling the air and, feeling, and, and being uh, present. And then other days I'm like, I've got to get after it. I've got to get this energy. I've got, and I have this amazing, powerful horse that's willing to do it with me. And we're going to go and we're going to do some scary stuff together. It's going to be awesome. You know, and then I feel like it's just, a, it's a, such a positive release because you're, you're sharing this with this animal that honestly, you can talk to it all you want, but you got to communicate a completely different way than you would with a person. And it's non-biased. So when we work like this morning, uh, one of the horses working with one of the individuals, I mean, this horse was sound like, it sounded like a stallion presenting to all the ladies. And he is definitely not a stallion. But what it ended up being was this, this gentleman's anxiety was very, very high. And I mean, just the slightest movement and was just launching this horse out of there. So he had to come down and learn how to come down. And, it, and to him, that was, it was nerve wracking. And he goes, and I'm supposed to, he looked at me, he goes, am I supposed to ride this horse? And I said, oh, heck yeah. But I'm, you're probably going to need to calm him down a little bit. And he just started laughing and, and we, we kind of, we chuckled about it. And then we just, you know, worked him through it. And then next thing you know, he's like, he got done. He had to go to work. He's like, this is amazing. This is the coolest thing ever. And this guy had been through a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, um, it, it, I think using the whole horse. And what I mean by that is, tap into it. I mean, groundwork's vital. Riding's important because that's a different sense of communication and different area of vulnerability. Um, we use personality assessment details. We, we use a different breeding line. We do different horses. So you, you learn actually a lot about yourself. You learn about communication, but uh, a lot of, I think is important. And I, and I, I see it a lot. I, I just like having a reining horse and having a dressage horse and having the jumping horses and having that variety. So you're not, it's so, so, so important to me and, and to see the other veterans that they're not limited on what they can do. Well, and you uh, that, I remember when I met you, you brought that up and tell us a little bit about your personal background as a horseman. <laughs> All right. So this is actually a fun story. <laughs> That's it is very unique. Yeah, and it's not normal. <laughs> so, um, I actually got out in 04, so I was in the infantry. The infantry, and we did a lot of fun stuff together, but there's no women at all. And so the first barn I got my start, I started doing stuff out of it and started helping and working in was nothing but a straight dressage barn. So it's like getting thrown into the lion's den. And so you I went from be yeah. a major ladies man that was going to combine like the man in uniform with the first time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, uh, it was like, um, I'll tell you this, this, this is actually a funny story. Um, I think I've told you this. I, I didn't, I was learning about, I ended up one time having, a, I, I got a break and I, I got good at, I, you know, like most of you find horses and there was these warm bloods that are really hard to handle and blah, blah, blah. And I, I got good at 
I got pretty good at fixing them and, and riding them and getting them going. And then like, well, I'll give you an opportunity. If you do really good, I'll, I'll campaign you with them. And they're really nice warm blitz. And I have no idea. I'm still riding in jeans. I didn't realize you're supposed to wear britches and my legs are being ripped apart because they're humongous movers and the saddles. And I didn't understand that at that time, but I had nothing but mares in the barn and I had about nine of them and they were all, I mean, just all of them are in season, all in there, and I'm in the dressage barn, and I'm like, I have estrogen overload right now. And I, I told my wife, I was like, how do I handle this? She goes, why don't you just leave and go hang out with your buddies for a little bit and just go back to work tomorrow? I said, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. You know, and the thing was is, is my favorite horses were these mares uh, because they would have this flare and fire to them. Um, and I, it was kind of funny. But I learned so much getting into the dressage world because I was doing Western all the time. I'd do these, I'd start horses. You do Mustangs, you do all this other stuff. And then I got exposed to reining and I did a little bit of roping. And then the dressage I found interesting because it was very challenging. And I, I really took to it because I remember a couple of trainers telling me, well, you get that done and then the, I'll, I'll take over and I'll really, I'll really show you how to ride the horse. And I was like, game on, We're, uh, screw that, you know, and I, <laughs> and I got an opportunity from a wonderful woman named Marilyn and she, a beautiful, beautiful horse. And I started her under saddle and we had a pretty special connection and that was, that was huge. And I did did well very fast and I, I liked the discipline of it and it really changed my look on horsemanship and I was I'm very grateful I got out of my comfort zone because I showed pictures there's pictures of me in britches and I had buddies going oh my god what happened to you and they had a picture of me with all my weapons and grenades and all this stuff and and then there's like me and dressage I'm in a dressage coat and outfit at a horse show they're like oh we lost you you know um <laughs> So the, you know, the, and, and honestly, the, when I got out, I, I think a good story and I think every, anybody who's ever got into this and for people that's gone through a travel of um, the journey like this, I had a horse named Scooter that was an offer to, he, uh, he changed my life. He, he was a, he was the first, he was the first living, I don't say person, you know, creature that I allowed in after war. I allow, I love my wife, but I, I hadn't really let her in yet. I, I, let, I didn't know how to show love. I didn't understand how to accept it. And, and uh, Scooter was an amazing quarter horse. He, uh, client bought him. He was kind of, he was sedated when he was bought. And then I went and they said, he's out of, out of control. So I remember going in and he's rearing up in stall. And I got in the stall, beautiful quarter horse, beautiful horse. And he stopped, he stared at me and I said, you done? And I threw a halter on him and I threw him in the trailer and he just followed me everywhere. I stuck him in a paddock pasture. He's never been in a pasture before. And he would graze. And then when I leave, he lost his mind. But then I came back, he would start grazing again. Then I'd leave and he'd lose his mind. And so the owner noticed it. And I was like, oh my God, it's gonna be a long night. But what ended up happening was is I traveled the country with this horse and I, I laid on him. I did all the tricks, all the stuff you see on typical clinics and stuff. You could do all that. I did third level dressage bridalists on him. I did everything on him and then he got injured and I took care of him for a year and wonderful vets here. And then I, it ruptured and unfortunately had a, he colic, had a stress colic and ruptured between the small and large test and I lost him. And it, um, I didn't realize the, I think it was the combination of the compound of everything we've been through and I hadn't really dealt and, and with my, my travel or my transition and what we'd done. And it, it hit hard. And so all those emotions came out at once and I had lost like my first, like he was like my best friend. And I lost the, the first thing I really, I really was vulnerable with when I came home. And so, um, I think that 
that really, that was really hard. But at the same time, I look back, that's what really showed me, um, kind of cracked things open for me. Yeah. No, I, you know, I love that story. And I remember you talking about, you know, I, I want you to explain to everybody um, about War Horses for, for Veterans and why you designed the program the way you did, how it's different. Because I had some preconceived notions about what therapy is before I met you. And after I met you, it was a completely different thing, or at least your program is a completely different thing than what I had believed it to be. So, I mean, you guys have this really multifaceted approach. And I remember you saying, listen, these veterans are not here to be psychoanalyzed. If they got that notion, they would never show up. You know, you said you had to design a program that you're hard-headed buddies. Knuckle dra- yeah, hard-headed, knuckle-dragon, bar-fighting. Right? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, I mean it, needed to, it needed to matter to them. Tell me about the program and help evolve a little bit because you guys have added some pretty amazing things. This is not just equine therapy where, in your words, where you sit around on horses and sing kumbaya. This is something no. than that and you've added a culinary program. You have a tremendous professional uh, mentorship program at, at Wolverine. Yep. And then also just basically teaching, teaching these guys and, and women how to find purpose again and lead a fruitful life again. So explain to me the program and why it's the, the base of it in the beginning of the raw fundamentals of it, I think, for our last is the empowerment operational opportunity uh, for our combat veterans and now first responders. The thing with that is I never forgot about leaving Iraq and realizing the opportunities I didn't have and most of us didn't have. And then I remember these, and there were officers, and there's nothing against that, but I mean, there was just, there was not the network we had. You know, they had six-figure jobs waiting for them and all that stuff. But I learned over through horses, there's these amazing people in the horse industry that you know, provided these amazing opportunities for me. And I thought, you know, mentorship is crucial in life in general. And transitioning from the military, we need mentors, we need guidance. And then learning really what horses can do. And I think challenging yourself. Um, I've been at equine therapy, standard stuff, and I'm not taking away anything from that. I mean, they're doing amazing things for a lot of, you know, children and everything across the board. But from what I remember seeing, I mean, I had anxiety and PTSD from watching it because I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys are getting psychoanalyzed and asked what I mean, they don't know anything about the dang horses. But at the same time, I, I mean, you're really to me, I was like, I think you're limiting them to what the horse really can offer. I think um, uh, you need to get them to be vulnerable. So they have to open up. They have to be able to do that. And doing that as a good horseman or horsewoman, you, you open yourself up to, you have to trust, they have to trust you and you have to trust the horse. You build this bond and trust is a big issue. So when we're developing it, you know, it's, it's about the connection with a horse and riding and doing all this stuff and, and development of the, of the person. But at the same time, it's these opportunities through mentorship and, and business and life and person. I mean, there's so many lessons the horses teach you about everything in life. I've been to executive horse, executive leadership training. And I literally said, you can teach this whole course with the horse. 
uh, and you would get non-biased feedback and you would get immediate feedback and it would be very impactful. So we've incorporated that over the past couple of years. I, I really realized as a horseman and the mistakes, I mean, we make tons and tons and tons of mistakes and they're very generous animals, the very forgiving and will let us try again and let us try again. And hopefully they say, oh my gosh, I hope you figure this out, but they'll still be there when you do it. So, uh, uh, moving forward, we ended up had buddies that, you know, Will Hood, he's a, we, we use that all the time for um, assessing and, and connecting with the individuals learning their strengths and limiters. And well, we do that all the time with horses. We've been doing it for years. Um, what can horses teach us for in life and business with our spouses? Uh, things of that nature. And we've incorporated that all the way up to upper level riding. Um, you want to do flying lean changes, tempting changes, sliding stops, jumping a four or five foot fence. You want to do that stuff. Well, you better learn how to communicate and you better know how to be present because if you're not, one, that's not going to happen. And some of those things are actually, you might have a train wreck. So it, it's a really, the dynamic of what we've created. And now that we have the mentorship program that it was custom made with another colonel, retired colonel, Ted Davis, an amazing man, loves what we do, sees it, he gets it, and we developed a custom mentorship program for first responders and now, you know, with veterans and first responders. And with the first responders involved, that has been a true honor with everything going on in society right now to be, there's so many veterans that went into law enforcement or fire, EMT, all those areas. And so to be, to offer this and make the, open this up to them is, is so important um, because you're able to, most importantly, decompress that you, you know, you have clients across the world and what do they do? They work or they run a business or they do whatever. And how do they, how do they release and how do they escape? They usually do it with their horses. Yep, absolutely. 100%. And, you know, one of the things that I love about the program that you kind of enlightened me to is in the military, you have this brotherhood and sisterhood, you know, and I don't think it matters whether it's a man or a woman, you're in a uniform, you're fighting the good fight for our country. No one back home as much as we try, we don't understand what you go through. Um, especially when you're in a wartime situation and you guys are bonded so tightly because of that. But it's something that, you know, the, the outside world and your spouses, we weren't there. We didn't see it. We didn't experience it. We weren't part of that brotherhood. And so when you get back home, I remember you telling me how much you miss that part of your life. I mean, it's huge. And you recreate that at War Horses, and it's the ability to get back together, share stories. And I remember you saying, you know, we have a special brand of humor that the outside world might not understand, but the second we get back together, and it doesn't matter whether we serve together, but you can share time oh, yeah. with somebody else as a, you know, a soldier. You get back together, you laugh, you can share the hard stuff in, in a way that isn't, um, that isn't really understood by anyone else. And I think that's a really key component to this program. And the horses allow such a cool way of doing that, that just, it breaks down people's walls. And it's a really unique thing. That well, you know. it does, absolutely. And, you know, we pay for it. We fly them in from all over the country. It's ran by, you know, donations from generous people around the country and, and horse enthusiasts and then people that understand them. Um, and, and it's it's important that we have that so we can have the flexibility and adjust the group and you bring these people together and these veterans to reconnect closure and then expose them to a world they normally want to see I it was really 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 important to me that we had high quality horses nothing and, and, and the reason why is because there is nothing like riding a really well trained or a naturally high performing horse there's an there's a energy 
and there's a lot you have to overcome. And I, and I think the, the, to be able to share that. And I always said, you know, unless you're really, unless you're a trainer or honestly you have the finances or whatever to do it, the likelihood of someone being able to get a chance to get on a really good horse at some point in their life is very, usually fairly slim. And there, I just will, I never forgot the first time I rode a really good rainer or I, I worked a cow or especially with some of the really beautiful dressage horses. I was, I finally was able to ride and understand that. I was like, Oh my gosh, the sheer power you have underneath at the same time the subtle suppleness of like it's just amazing and then the first time you do cross country on an eventing horse and then jump these crazy fences that don't move and you're like okay i hope this hope we get over it let's go you know and and you have this bond and this connection and it's it's there's nothing like it and and it's like i said how do you get my knuckle dragon bar fighting buddies and these things and same time, would, would I? I just, it's designed. Would I go to it? If I'm limited, I don't want to go. And it doesn't. It's nothing against you. It's nothing against what you do. If if you limit me, I don't want anything to do with it, because I, we're already dealing with individuals that are unfortunately we will get we may get trapped in our head or trapped with uh, PTS, anxiety, or TBIs. You know, like I have, I got diagnosed with my TBIs, and so it, there's a battle you'll fight, but you don't. One, you don't have to do it alone. But the, the everyone out there that has these amazing creatures and can truly show and I always tell everyone find someone that's truly truly humble and giving and, and really good you'll tell when they're good with their horses there's a softness to them there's a connection that they have and I said you know ask them ask them to teach you I said because they're gonna they'll be happy to do it because they want to share this wonderful opportunity this wonderful thing they have and they love sharing it you're not going to break it. You're not going to break the horse. I like they were. I don't want to break it. I don't want to. I don't ruin it. I said, well, if you ruin it and I can't fix it, then I'm a really, really, really bad trainer. <laughs> I shouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah, I should not be here. I said, you're not going to break them, so don't worry about it. You know, and uh, just this morning, uh, one of them saw me do a flying lead change. You know, and horse was like, what's that? And I said, you want to know how you want to know how to do it? And they said, yeah. And I had him get on and spent 20 minutes on cantering, and then I go here, shift your hips, and then they did a flying lead change. Like. What just happened? I'm like, well, you did just do a lead change. You're like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, it's like, but at the end of the day, they told me like never in my life. I never thought I'd even be doing anything like that on a horse. And that was just in a very short period of time. So it, it's uh, to be able to share it and everyone out there that has that opportunity to do that. And, you know, and honestly with the connections we have and bringing that camaraderie and then, and, and then the network, remember a lot of us out there in the horse industry have worked very hard. And a lot of people that have done well and able to provide these opportunities, not just for the trainers, but just for themselves as well. You know, there's, it's a wonderful, wonderful gift to be able to share that with the men and women that serve for law enforcement or for fire, from the military, from everything, you know, um, and if you don't know how to do it or you want to do it, you can reach out to people you know, like us or horses or others, um, share it. You know, or let us help you share it because it is truly, truly, truly a unique, special gift. And it is an underutilized tool in the way that I think the government and a lot of other people are really starting to see that there's so much, there's so much to learn. There's so much to do. And you'll always be learning. There's not a good horse trainer is always going to tell you, I'll die learning because there's no way you can know it all. There's just no way. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, really, a really cool thing about the program that I realized is, you know, we can stand behind our men and women in uniform through our support back home and all that, but I never realized to the extent, and shame on me, how much 
that you go through, you know, as a service member. And, and, you know, like you said, you referenced TBIs or traumatic brain injuries. Before I met you, I didn't realize how prolific that was and how many soldiers come out of the military with TBIs, how many soldiers come out of the military with traumatic stress. And I mean, it's, it's hard for anyone not in that circumstance to understand what's seen, what's experienced and the toll that it takes. And when you get back home, you know, um, you guys sure do a lot to take care of us. Uh, and it's, it's nice when, when individuals that are in the right circumstances can step up and help take care of you too. And I think through, uh, through War Horses, you've really connected the business community with oh, them. Yeah. And, you know, and also, uh, you know, the horses are where it starts and stops. The people are crucial and the horses are just this tool that you have figured out how to use in a really interesting way to affect the lives of these veterans and first responders. And, you know, like I said, sometimes that crosses over. And one thing I thought was really cool, because this is the world that we live in as well, is the care of these horses is amazing. I mean, what you guys do to ensure that they are fed the best, they are cared for to the highest degree, and you really involve the veterans in that. And I love how you were saying, you know, this gives people a sense of purpose and a sense of self-worth because that horse relies entirely on us for, you know, yes. everything, everything that you give them and you are able to involve the veterans in that and say, listen, you know, you're necessary. You have a spot that somebody needs you in a big way. Um, I thought that was a really interesting part of it. Well, nutrition, you know, as for horses and performance horses is vital. But then at the same time, let's talk about nutrition for the individuals. Um, that's why the culinary program, we started the culinary program with this new facility. A kitchen was vital. To, at the end of the day, you have this, you work with a chef. You work with these people to make these amazing meals and you you share food and bringing people together like your, your family. But you share this common ground of like just eating these ridiculous, amazingly wonderful meals that you create with these with these chefs after sharing this day of learning of well, a lot of it's reflection i mean where it like comes down to it and you learn about leadership you learn about communication and you learn a ton about yourself because i'll use an example so we'll take some individuals of we'll say high rank and they think highly of themselves and in five minutes or less they learn how little they know about communication and leadership and that horse tells them that that fast and it is horses are the one of the most humbling stinking creatures ever i mean they you you think you're on top of the world and you're you're i'm the best rider i'm the best whatever you think you are and then the very next day you're like i don't know why i'm doing this i hate this why does he not like me why does he not do this yeah you know it's it's, like a true horse person (laughs) it's a it's a cycle i have a vet right i have a guy right now he's like i hate that horse and then like two days later he's like this is the most amazing thing in the world i'm like yeah I, yeah, but he's like, but I, and then like the next day he's like, I don't know why you make me ride him all the time. I said, because you're never going to get good riding easy stuff. And, you know, and he, and he's just like, and then he'll have a breakthrough and he's like, you're right. You're right. You know? And, but that's the beauty of it though. It's like, uh, and then at the end of the day, we share these, they share these meals and you're learning trades. It was important to me that you learn the trade. You're learning a trade. You're learning something that provided for my family and it helped us. And not, it's not easy, but at least get open that door so um you know for job opportunities for working with companies to learn about how to close the gap and communicate with the military community or hiring vets or hiring first responders we can teach that and help close that gap very 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 effectively with the horses and we do it together and we do it we'll, we can bring a corporate in you can bring them and we have veterans and first responders that work with them 
And the thing about that is that helps the veterans and first responders transition into that world. So it's, it's very, very, it's actually very simple, but at the same time, it's, it's such a need. It is huge. And it's always going to be a need for a while. Cause when you, like you said, when you come home, you're pretty lost. You, it, it, it's scary. I'll be honest. And you have to, in the, you're not quite ready to be admit to it and be vulnerable to that. And I'll be honest, it's, it's hard. So, yeah, what we created is it's, it's, it's real life. So with the culinary part of it, which I'm going to tell you right now, that you'll be eating and you're like, I don't even know what's happening right now. The emotions I'm having right now, this is amazing. And you know, and I, and I thought about, think of all the tours, all the places you travel, where you go, how do you remember those places? Usually by food. So it helps ingrain. Yeah. And it ingrains that experience. So that really makes it that much more special. And then at the end of the day, you have an after action review, you close that day together with this great meal that you have this you sit down like a family and have it. And a lot of them don't do that or didn't grow up in that environment. So I think that's a very important element of it. And most people would agree and they never forget about it. And then they can come back and they can come back. When they come back, they have to step up and help others. They have to pass it forward. And then we'll invest in them as long as they're willing to invest themselves to help and impact others. And I think that's the thing. You, you have to want to help yourself. If you want to help yourself, and it doesn't matter where you're at in the journey, you know, you're, we, we, we have it. You, there's people there to help you and to do that. And that's, where, and that's who we look for. And, and, it's an, and it's an awesome opportunity, and it's a true honor to be in the position we're in. 100%. And, you know, one, another thing I love about the program is you make it clear, hey, you're welcome back here anytime. You can come back as many times as you want. It's not a one-and-done thing, but you have to bring another veteran with you, or you have to refer another veteran to do that. Yeah, yeah, you have to, because it's hard. I mean, the thing about something like this is it, you can tell you to you're blue in the face, but until you come here and experience it, it's it's kind of hard. You, know, you have to trust and you don't usually trust your own. And that's why it's important. And I will tell you this over and over again. And anybody listening out there with anyone that wants to start a program, trust me, I want, I knew I wanted to help first responders, but guess what? I needed a first responder. If, and, and I, and I made sure, and he was a vet, so it worked out great. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm working with another group of individuals and I need to have one of them because we own, it's, I would say horses are the bridge and veterans are our own best therapy. So we definitely need the support and be on like one of our number one pillars is humility. So we always want to be open. We're willing to put everything on the table. That means emotions, everything and be open about it, but to make sure that, Hey, we don't, we don't have all the answers. That's for sure. But at the same time, you're really good at that. So why don't you come and help us out with this? I would love to have you on board with this. Help us be better, help us be better at what we do. And that's always been a model of what we've pushed from day one. And I think that's really important And health. Let's be serious. Like, like we talk about gut health all the time with horses, <clears throat> you know, and if the horse's gut's healthy, they're usually, the horse is fairly healthy. You, their mind, everything usually feels pretty good usually. So the humans, the same thing. I, I, a lot of our veterans and service members and people out there or people in high stress jobs, they, they, if they don't exercise and eat well, the stress, it's really, really, really hard to get healthy and get healthy mentally. So it, that's another element. And so, and not to say, I mean, platinum, we use that on all our horses. All our horses are on platinum. And there's a reason because it's a phenomenal product. And I really, really love it. But honestly, I've taken supplements all the dang time. And since I, I didn't know you guys had it until the, when we were talking, you're like, oh, yeah, we have this. And Jim, Jim's like, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm like, what the hell is this about? You know? And, and so... Jim, I was talking to Jim about it, and I started taking it, and I, I could feel it, man. My knees are hurt, my hips, like all, and I always say, like, the vets, we've been, 
some of us have been blown up. We've been messed up or you've got injuries or you're empty. I mean, and so it's important to have high quality products in you. And if you're going to spend money, then spend money on stuff that works. So I think it's important to educate. And, and another part of, of, of doing this is health because you're a horse trainer out there or you ride horses. I guarantee you have problems somewhere on your body. And, and I guarantee it's in more than one area. So if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't really enjoy them the way we want to enjoy them. And, and that's where it's important that, that we take care of ourselves just as much as we're investing in our horses. We need to make sure we're taking care of ourselves. And I try to push that as much as possible with um, a lot of our interviews and, and things that we do when we work with our veterans and first responders. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Patrick is referencing Jim Kunkel, who is, yeah. Man, how do you describe Jim Kunkel? Jim Kunkel is a he, World War II he, let me tell you. fighter pilot who is 97. No, no, no. He, he is an ace. He's not just a fighter pilot. He is no, actually... no, he's not an ace. He, he, in fact, I mean, really is an ace, but he got credit for what, uh, shooting down three enemies yes. where it requires five, but I mean, he really did get the five, but he got credit. Well, he, he did. And well, here, here, let's just use this for an example. When your plane's on fire and you're still in the cockpit and your cockpit's on fire and you're still engaging the enemy, yeah. there's something special Alone. about that individual. Hello. You're still engaged with an entire, yeah. 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 And the th he is actually... And, and I'll be honest with you, uh, there's people you'll meet in your life, and he is in, and you know, you know how I feel like with your, you and your family, and just near and dear, and it was, a, it was one of the most wonderful things to be introduced to him through you guys, because he is like one of those people, you, there's a few people meet in your life that has a significant impact, and you are just blown away by, he is one of those individuals, he is the most humble, sweetest, nicest man, and driven Okay. done very very well for himself but i he left the war did amazing normandy everything i just just a killer pilot and then went and just you know he did he went and really took the positive things and i want to take this out there's there's amazing attributes that the military and the servicemen and women have and if you if they get it out and they pull that out and they you know they're they're gonna have some baggage don't get me wrong but at the end of the day you pull out all that positive all that stuff that the military teaches you that discipline and that drive and the hard work and you pull it out and you pick those objectives and those targets i mean we are we are capable of doing amazing things and jim is the prime example of that going from world war ii to selling what i think was it like cessnas or whatever number one is, uh piper arrow or cessna pilot uh, pi you know pilot uh uh, airplane seller in the 50s you know building hangars all over the world and he just took the good principles he got from the military and he i remember him saying to me the military was a small 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 part of my life look at all this i had left ahead of me and that's what i think you need to remember he's you know he did have this amazing career he was this awesome awesome pilot and i mean and he's a good he was a good looking dude man he like there's this stud photo of him i'm like oh my gosh yeah but he is just that he's just embraced his life and he's uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful person and he's humble. He's a very, 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 very humble person. And so I, I'll never, I, I text them. I text Ruth occasionally and check on them and his wife, Ruth, and she's a firecracker. And I don't know, it, I, there's a, there's just, just a truly remarkable individual. 
Well, through this program, you know, uh, myself and the Platinum family have gotten to meet several incredible people um, that are that are veterans themselves and have gone on to do amazing things with their lives. And, you know, Jim Kunkel's one of them. I encourage everybody to go on PlatinumPerformance.com. There's an article not oh, only yeah. about Patrick and More Horses for Veterans, but also one entitled Dogfight that's about Jim Kunkel and his life story. Um, and it's pretty incredible. But um, yeah, he's, he's an amazing guy, but there's, there's a lot of you out there that have done pretty incredible things and impacted a lot of lives. Absolutely. I mean, gosh, Patrick, what you and, you know, your co-founders, um, Pat and Andy Brown, Absolutely. Um, you guys have done with this program is um, you've touched a lot of people and there's been a lot of people that, you know, we haven't addressed specific circumstances, but I know from you that there's been a lot of, um, a lot of veterans that have been in a bad way um, and you guys have been able to really impact their lives and help them turn it around and realize that, oh my gosh, they, uh, they matter more than any of them will ever know to, to us in this country. And at Platinum, we are, we are incredibly grateful for the opportunity to, to get to know you guys and to be uh, involved in some very small way with your program, but to watch the impact that you're having. And oh. I sure appreciate you taking the time today to, uh, to spend with me and our listeners and let us have a little bit of insight into how horses are, are impacting veterans because all of us here know and love horses. Most of us ride them ourselves and we understand that connection. And I think the way that you guys using them as such a vital tool is incredible. Um, and I encourage everybody to go on and check out their website, which is warhorsesforveterans.com and learn a little bit more about the program yourself. Um, and know that uh, they're doing some special things out there by Kansas City. And we sure are, are very proud to, uh, to know you all and call you our friends. So Patrick, thank you for spending this time with me. No, absolutely. And then, you know, it's on... It's a true honor to, you know, be on here with you and to actually do this with you as well. And, and just, you know, at the end of the day, remember, we're just getting started, you know, so we've got many more, many, many years and, you know, thousands of more individuals to impact. You know, the cool thing is, you know, we, we learn a lot from them. They teach us a ton. It's not just, you know, us and our team and everyone around doing it. Uh, we're learning, we're learning so much from everyone. So it's just, uh, it's an amazing journey. And like I said, we're just getting started. Uh, well, it's our pleasure entirely. And we can't wait to see the big things that you have ahead of you. And so uh, thank you to everyone who spent your time with us today listening. Um, catch us on the next episode, although it's going to be hard to compete uh, with this. So thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of It Starts Within. And with that, we'll thank Patrick and tell you all to enjoy the rest of your day. Take care.